This episode of the Brilliance Plus Passion Podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Reach System. Are you ready to exponentially reach more profitable customers? Launching and hosting your own show is your proven best solution for networking, client attraction, and establishing your celebrity expert brand. Visit www.podcastreachsystem.com and claim your rightful place as the leading star of your industry so you make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Welcome to the Brilliance Plus Passion Podcast. Join us as we celebrate entrepreneurs, business creators, and brilliant minds who reveal what they are doing to make the world a better place by being part of it. Be sure to visit our website at www.brilliancepluspassion.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, lean in, tune in, get your notepad and two pens ready, and let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and join us today. You're investing in yourself by checking out the Brilliance Plus Passion Project. I'm here in my home office dining room in my sumptuous studio in Las Vegas, it's called by some, at least me, the hottest city in the world. We're going to be joined intermediately by my office supervisor, Princess Alessandra, and today... We have with us a very special guest, somebody who I've been chatting with here for a few minutes now, somebody I'm really looking forward to introducing to you, and his name is Richard Blank. He is known as the number one gamification boss with pinball machines, among other things, and he is involved in the call center space. So I'm going to tell you just a little bit about him, and then you're going to get to know him yourself. He's moved from Philadelphia to Costa Rica, and his journey in the call center space has been filled with twists and turns. He made that move when he was 27 years old to train employees for one of the larger call centers in San Jose, Costa Rica. And with a mix of motivational public speaking style backed by tactful and appropriate rhetoric, Richard shared his knowledge and trained over 10,000 bilingual telemarketers. And then we get into the fun part, which is he has the largest collection of restored American pinball machines and antique Rockola jukeboxes in Central America, which makes gamification a very strong part of his company's culture. So he's been the chief executive officer for Costa Rica's call center for the past, shall we say, about 15 years, Mm -hmm. give or take and counting. So Richard... Blank, come on in. The weather's fine. So happy to be here, Adam. I really appreciate it. And also want to extend a very big thank you for your assistant, Tracy Osborne, who was uh, very much tremendous in, in order to putting this together today with me being here. So you got some excellent staff that works with you. Yeah, Tracy is basically the only person in the world who can tell me what to do. And we all need at least one. Well, she does a fantastic job. So I give her five stars yeah. today. Well, let's discuss you. Thank you very much. And let's discuss you. How does the work you do make the world a better place for your clients, customers, and the world at large? That's a wonderful first question. I'd like to answer by saying that I feed 150 families a month. I could always make a lot of money, but really my service to Costa Rica is being the best guest that I can to Mm -hmm. increase the self-reliance and self-confidence 
but once again, giving job stability and assisting those that work with me to be able to feed their families. Absolutely. So I get right off your bio, very impressive stuff. But in your own words, uh, I know you manage a call center uh, or own it, rather, I believe. You can clarify that for me. What is it that you would do if somebody were to ask you that question? What do you do? Well, first, uh, running a call center, I'm a CEO, a call center, the places that receive and make phone calls. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is I'm not the company that will be calling you during dinner. There's a lot of companies that employ people that do this for a living. A lot of your friends may have worked in customer support or lead generation. And even people in their offices, their small offices that don't work in a call center still make prospecting calls and receive calls. So we just pretty much have more of an infrastructure, resources, and sort of uh, hierarchy here that would be able to assist clients scale. And that's one of the advantages we have. Right. So in your experience, what are some of the most common questions you get when people explore this area? Like what are the FAQs that you deal with? A lot of them ask me how to onboard an agent and what is the structure of building a campaign. And so really it's just about being a virtual addition to what they're already doing. I can use my experience in regards to predictive dialers and certain disposition reports, quality assurance reports, Mm -hmm. script writing, or just comparing your apples to the other apples to the other verticals that I've been working with. So just by experience prior to working with you, I might be able to make suggestions with a lot of different years of experience and examples for you to ponder and see if it's something you'd like to move forward with. Right. What are some questions you wish prospects would ask? That is the favorite question that I've been prepared for. The first one I would love my clients to ask me about are the Costa Rican labor laws, because there are a lot of different laws in the United States to Costa Rica. I follow all the labor laws and we do everything correctly here. So as much as I'd like to bend the rules, I'm not going to, because once again, I am fulfilling the certain needs that my agents need here in regards to their benefits and salary and their comfort. The second question I would wish they would ask me is merit over price, because I could recommend 10 places offshore in the Philippines and India that could do at half my price. But putting that aside, I might be able to show you the value that we have here that might be able to offset that cost and be able to make up that 50% more that I may charge in regards to the quality that I offer. Now, the third thing I wish they would ask would be in regards to metrics. I would like my clients to have realistic expectations. I can give you a perfect example. You make 10 calls an hour. Every call is for six minutes. That's an hour. I can't make 20 calls an hour. I can't increase time. So as much as you want to reverse psychology and motivate me, there are certain things that I'm an expert in where I might have to take you to school and explain to you through walking it backwards that it doesn't make sense and that there are certain things here that are realistic. And as much as I want to fulfill your needs, Adam, I really have to fulfill the need of the agent so they are able to feel good about their job and come back the next day. I've heard stories of people who've worked in the call centers or outbound sales where it largely involved the telephone. And I'm thinking of this one example of somebody I know who was graded mostly by, by the amount of outgoing sales time that or outgoing phone calls he was making. How many, how much, how many hours a day were on outgoing phone calls? Sure. Now, uh, I'm not sure what exactly the whole story was. I don't think he was sure either. But I know that he made all sorts of efforts to be innovative in locating leads. Like, for example, this was 20 years ago, so there was this thing called the Internet, and he was told that he wasn't allowed to use the Internet to find leads. 
And essentially what it came down to, and, he, and this is one of the few cases where I actually don't think he was just whining and belly aching. I think he was actually being serious mm-hmm. that he was being told to just basically keep calling the same people over and over again, uh, who at this point saw his number on the ID and just knew not to call that not to answer. So he figured out that um, if his buddies would call him, he'd say, hey, wait five minutes and I'm going to call you back. And then he would also call his friends at different phone numbers they had, whether it was their home number, their cell number, their work number. So it looked like 20 or 30 different phone numbers. And he would just ring up his outgoing sales time busy for or call time because he already had his eye on the exit. He was already looking for his next position anyway. And all they cared about was this. I mean, he got bonuses based on how much, how much outgoing phone time he did. So he figured if that's the only way I'm going to get a bonus, that's how I'll do it. Yeah, but that's one of the multiple metrics that we study. You're talking about Exactly, yeah. I I even asked the question, do they get into who you calling? What are you saying? And he said, not really. In fact, uh, they just keep telling me that I need to make more outgoing calls. And I'm okay with that. But there's also contact to conversion ratio. We're also studying average talk time if they're leaving a voicemail message, doing a follow-up email. So very quickly, I could deduct that this individual, let's say, is shaving time. And so I I could see that very fast. Now it's not their fault. If there's not a list that's provided to them and they need to create their own list, that's another thing. There are advantages to that because if you spend, and I do recommend this, instead of making a hundred calls a day, Adam, why don't you make 90 and spend 30 seconds to do some due diligence like I've done with your company with Tracy, where I can at least learn something about you, your company culture. So my phone call, my voicemail, my email is more custom made. But if somebody's trying to do the friend phone calls and just racking up the amount of calls that are going out there Mm -hmm. in a certain call center that can easily be observed and coached on and it's not corrected. That's my point I'm making here. That's my point I'm making here. And that's why when you mentioned that in your should ask questions, I latched Mm -hmm. onto it. This is one of the rare cases where I actually believe the person was being factual and truthful when they said that they tried to be innovative and were blocked from doing so. So it got to the point where if this is the only way I get extra money, I'll do it. So you have to look at that from a cultural perspective. And also I look at it from an ethical point of view. Obviously, if you're doing that sort of work, you're not going to convert enough leads to pay for that campaign and it will die. It'll be a dead man walking. Oh, yeah. Personally, I would bring that to my supervisor's attention that, A, the lead list would be smaller and this is the way that I'm prospecting leads. But there's so many ways, Adam, you can earn a dollar. And I think this friend of yours was bright and marketable, realizing that it wasn't a long-term solution. They went on to do great things. They went on to do great things. Their eye was already on the exit. This is just, it was one of those too good to be true, you had to be there sort of things. But I actually believe it happened. I understand. And and it would, case by case, I don't even know the vertical the man was selling. I don't know the training, the scripts, Mm -hmm. the rebuttals or support that they had. Where's their quality assurance department? Where their supervisors? So just hearing that off the bat, I can completely put myself in that agent's shoes and understand the frustration. Exactly. So let's shift gears and do something a little less less frustrating. And this is the part where we ask a few things that help our listeners get to know Richard Blank a little bit better. So first, what would people who know you be surprised to learn about you. Well, my good friend, you just mentioned it, that I'm an avid collector of classic pinball, Ricolas, and retro arcade machines. And growing up in the 70s and 80s, it was very expensive. You know, $5 lasted you an afternoon in an arcade, but that's $5. 
And yeah. now that I own a company, have the space and made some money, I do treasure hunting here. So since arcades have closed and bars sometimes get rid of these machines, I actively search for them. I know the prices of them and I know how to restore them. So something for a couple hundred dollars after being restored could be worth thousands, but I'm not selling them. I'm keeping them. Yeah. And so by having this gamification environment, the agents have a neutral environment to meet people from other departments, let off steam, recharge batteries, and even spend time with their boss in a fun, neutral environment so we can bond that way. And so attrition has been reduced. People, instead of having a smoke at lunch or doing their Instagram, are once again enjoying the games that they just can't get at home. They can do as much PlayStation and Xbox as they want. But as Elton John said in Pinball Wizard, there really is an experience about playing an authentic American flipper pinball machine. Absolutely. What do you hope people say about you when you're not around to hear it? I hope they're telling all the juicy details of the great story that we had together. <laughs> I'm hoping that all of my friends that are telling a story about Richard are telling all the A, Bs, and Cs so you know that we had a great time. So uh, I hope that they're representing me in the best light by telling everything just to set the example. But, you know, when people are speaking about me, I think it's beautiful for the fact that I made that sort of impression that I'm being mentioned. And a lot of the times my reputation will precede me. Where people yeah. will say, I heard about you, we have mutual friends, and they said that you're the coolest cat in town and I had to meet you. So obviously, I must be doing something right for people to be talking about me. Absolutely. So now what I'm curious is, what if you could go back in time and change one thing you've done or one thing you've experienced, what would it be and why? Oh, Adam. I wish I did this years ago. I'm playing the violin right now because I think music is beautiful and an excellent way to express yourself. And, and I was really doing it to impress my wife. But instead, my friend, I'm depressing her. It's terrible. So I wish I had taken music <laughs> earlier in life so I could play beautiful songs for my wife and impress her. But uh, that would be it. Uh, more in regards to my artistic skills. I see. I see. What famous person, alive or dead, would you like to meet? And if you had the opportunity, what question would you have for them? This is a question that I've thought about so much, and I might be rambling on in this answer, but it's very important. The individual that I would love to have met and spent time with is the master communicator herself, the late Helen Keller. This individual was a genius in regards to mediums of communication. The questions I would ask her, it's not a question. It's the experience of Helen Keller. Uh, imagine all the old photographs back in the day when she was with Eisenhower, with Kennedy, with um, Charles Chaplin and Mark Twain and Thomas Edison. Now, she communicated through so many different ways, and one of them was touching people's lips when they were speaking. And I know that might be comfortable for you with a physician or someone that's close to you, but with a stranger, it might be offensive, but not with her. This individual during the day was one of the biggest rock stars and the influences of our time. And so by right. meeting these individuals and allowing them to communicate with her in her way was a form of just such respect. And so for me, as a communicator here at a call center, I realized that we lost three of our senses, the taste, touch, and smell. We're in a controlled environment where only we can hear and use our image streaming, our imagination for our metaphysical sight. And so I took the Helen Keller almost in the reverse. And there's also a Helen Keller Institute in Costa Rica for blind and deaf children. And so it's very important for me 
not for my own self and respect and just to study the masters, but to explain to my agents here why this sort of enhancement of your senses because of this controlled environment is important. And also the sort of influence that we have from a North American woman named Helen Keller that has a school named after here. So my good friend, the one person immediately that I would love to meet and be inspired by and to grow from would be the late Helen Keller. Fantastic. Now what motivates and inspires you to keep going when you're having a tough time or facing a challenge? Oh, that's very easy, my man. It's the me time. It's the richer time. Now, I work out in the gym every morning for a couple hours. I love to wash my convertible on Sundays. And you know about me and my pinball. I'll play marathon afternoons. And by decompressing any sort of stress or stimulation from work, putting the phone away, Adam, it allows my mind to wander. And so things in the moment with my impulse control where I might have acted a certain way, by being able to have richer time, I've been able to prioritize, think about it, review it, and realize either I was overreacting or not acting enough. And it's almost like saying sleeping on it. And so very, very large decisions. I have to give myself that sort of space and time. So then in a collective, balanced, and focused way, my good friend, I could make the best decision with the best faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to extend an invitation. I'm going to share your website for you in just a moment. Thank you. So in general, what is one action you would love our listeners to take as soon as they finish streaming this episode? I want them to buy a first class plane ticket and come fly down here and visit me in Costa Rica if they've never seen it before. I checked but- out your gallery. You got a Pac-Man machine. I'm on my way. Oh, I can't wait. We'll pick you up at the airport. But if I could say anything, Adam, and I appreciate this time today, I I really do. And you do amazing work. In fact, your stuff is addicting and it motivated me enough to reach out to you. But as a CEO, as a business owner, as an individual that took these chances, I, I wish I could give you a financial tip and trick or a CEO crack code. But it's as easy as empathy. As long as I can give my agents their dignity, and not treat them like a number or a robot, and I know their name and break bread with them, I have seen the positive reinforcement of my time here. And so I can see the fact that I learned their language, understood their culture, and respect the fact that I'm a guest in their country. That is why, including the empathy, that I've been extremely successful. Yeah, absolutely. So what I would like everybody to check out, this is I mean, you may be thinking this is going to be a website about a call center, but this is actually very interesting. I've had a chance to check it out myself. Uh, For those of you who are out jogging, walking, driving, I'll say it out loud one time. For everybody else, visit our website at www.brilliancepluspassion.com and check out the listing for this episode. Richard's website is www.costaricascallcenter.com. That's www.CostaRicasCallCenter.com. What you're going to discover are two things, that this call center actually renders a wide range of services that could fill certain gaps that you have in your organizational structure right now. Um, I know these are things that my own business may not immediately need, but just looking at the list has gotten me to the point where I'm starting to at least brainstorm in the back of my mind thinking, are there new opportunities for me to expand my brand and could this help me? And what's also really cool is if you go to the gallery, you get to see all the pinball machines and the company limousine and the call center art. Oh, seriously, just for the experience, go to 
www.costaricascallcenter.com. And with that, Richard Blank, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor. And believe me, in education. I had the best time, Adam. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning into the Brilliance Plus Passion podcast, where we celebrate entrepreneurs, business creators, and brilliant minds who are making a difference for their community, market, and audience. Remember to visit our website at www.brilliancepluspassion.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Brilliance Plus Passion Podcast.